Pigeon rap. Oh, pigeon. The sad pigeon. part is, is that is that Sesame Street has probably done a pigeon rap at some point. No doubt. No doubt. What's Should we sad? Try it again? Five, four, three. Welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. It's official. I'm Greg Tito. I want to mention that we are on iTunes, and if you could give us a rating, some comments, some feedback, guests you might want to have on the podcast, let us know what you think. Um, and uh, we'll do our best to make sure the podcast gets uh, pretty darn good. I'm joined by someone very interesting. <laughs> Her name is Shelly Mazanoble. Once again, she's not able to speak when I'm introducing her, which is my plan all along. What is it? I just get all just so excited. Excited. Yeah, you're excited He's and saying happy. my name. <laughs> I was just over here rapping about pi- pigeons. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a really good pigeon rap. Pigeons. Pigeons. I think Bert would really, really like that he from would. Sesame Street. You know what? What? I think we don't we don't do Sesame Street anymore in my house. You've moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you mm-hmm. on? Bob the Builder now? No, it's still Thomas. Thomas oh. the Tank Engine. Now it's just Thomas. Like, oh my all god! The time. Like, give me more Thomas you when know, I'm watching Thomas I know. in my Thomas PJs, drinking out of my Thomas cup. <laughs> drinking as, as much uh, as alcohol as possible. While, mm, right. Yes. Or milk. Or milk. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about you. Oh, the mother. Me. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of epic raps, uh, there was an awesome rap in my uh, Extra Life D&D yes, session. Yes, I want to talk about yeah, Extra Gavin Life. Yeah, Gavin Verhey tough. from uh, the Magic side of things did some amazing freestyle rap. Just out of nowhere? He just busted it out? Well, it was kind of in context. We were uh, praising him for, for his song or something, and then he's like, uh, okay. And then he just like, he, he, I didn't realize he had this in him, but apparently it's a thing he's Maybe able to do. Maybe you have to praise him to you get it out of him. You have to praise him in character. Wow. Yeah, and it was like 16 couplets of rappingness that just kept going on and on. I was like, oh, my God, how are, I mean, I there's definitely some struggles. I hope you got a lot of donations for this. It was off the cuff. I, I, I retroactively donated uh, inspiration to him. Nice. Yeah, using yeah. your uh, amazing dice bag that was at your desk that I totally sniped and was like, oh, Shelly won't mind if I take this on the I weekend. I totally did mind, too, by the way. You're super pissed about it. I am really mad. Yeah, it's I mean, a cool dice bag. It's a Beholder dice bag. It is. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, I'm glad that my Beholder dice bag could be part of the game. But I want to hear about your game. So you were you were in two different segments for Extra Life. That's right. The first one I DM'd on Friday at 4, okay. which was tons of fun. And if anyone doesn't know what Extra Life is, this was a charity event. That's right. That it raises was. money for Children's Miracle Network Hospital. And we were raising money specifically for the Seattle Children's Hospital. How nice. Uh, and we ended up with $86,000, I think, over the course Whoa. of the weekend. And there's still donations coming in. And Extra Life is uh, uh, typically video games. You play video games for a marathon session and, and get things going. But this year they did a tabletop appreciation weekend, which we were happy to jump into. Yeah. Uh, so that was this past weekend. And then we got our uh, video game segment coming up on November 7th. So we'll be playing we're gonna do this again. some Neverwinter, some Sword Coast Legends, some really fun awesome. D&D games. Uh, and hopefully we'll get up above 100,000. That's our goal. So from what I understand, Money everybody, the Dungeon Masters all had a specific demon lord. That's that, right. Okay, so who did you have? I had uh, Orcus, Prince of Undeath. 
Not too shabby. Yes, yes. And I took inspiration from Adam Lee, uh, a story writer here on the D&D team, uh, wrote a short story that's going to appear in Dragon Plus, uh, oh, issue cool. four, which is coming up, about uh, a flump from the point of view of a flump, which nice. if you guys don't know is a uh, kind of a floating uh, good aberration. Most aberrations are are, are not so good, uh, perhaps even evil. But these flumps uh, are, are good, and he uh, this flump was... Uh, did some bad things when he was infected with the with the might of the demon lords. Not his fault, man. Not his fault. Uh, but he encountered uh, uh, the elder brain. Uh, Orcus uh, had found an elder brain, which is the the focal point of a mind flayer community. Mm-hmm. Raised it from the dead, so it was an undead mind flayer elder brain, um, which kind of sounded like Donald Trump. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely was talking about losers and and how he's got big ideas. Uh, the elder brain did, um, and it was awesome. And I took inspiration for that and totally tried to dramatize that. And it was my adventure was called the Revenge of the Flumps. Oh wow, that sounds awesome. Are we going to see more of the Revenge of the Flumps? Like, Possibly. Are you, are you? I saw some people were posting their notes and stuff. Yeah. Do you have anything you can share? I absolutely can. Yeah, I did a whole uh, a, a notebook full of stuff. It's cool. totally hastily written thing. So um, I, I, I haven't put it yet up on my Extra Life page, but I totally will. I, um, I'm always just curious about how DMs keep track of things. I mean, some people are really, really detailed, and they take a note of everything. I saw that Katie Lawrence, another one, another wizard who was DMing one of the Extra Life games, mm-hmm. she had these really cool flow charts that she uses. We posted oh, those yeah. on our on our Tumblr. That's cool. Yeah, so I'm just always curious to get inside the mind of a dungeon master. Yeah, and we're uh, on today's podcast going to get inside the mind of a dungeon master, yeah. which you guys might know, Matthew Mercer of Critical Role fame will be talking to us. So uh, excited. As well as two of the cast members, uh, Orion Okaba and uh, Marisha Ray. Very cool. They are awesome. Uh, I hung out with them at E3 a little bit, um, so I'm excited to talk to them again. They have got some great stuff going on there. Um, and, and they also participated an extra life. They did indeed. Yeah, I think they did a special session on Saturday night. How nice! Raise raise tons of money for kids. Gamers are such good people. They try to be. They yeah. are. Yeah, they really are. You know, this is a nice a nice effort, and people really seem to come together and support it. It's definitely cool to to do do the thing that you love uh, as well as help keep help the community mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's like a way to do both things at once. Yeah. People are always like, oh, you just game, it's not worth it, but you know what, it is totally it worth totally it. It totally is. Tell that to those kids at Children's Hospital that exactly. were helping. Exactly. $86,000. Right. That is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That is fantastic. That's more money than I've ever seen. Slow clap, Greg Tito. Thank you. Thank you. Slow clap to uh, uh, Greg Bilsland and uh, uh, Alyssa Grant and all the other uh, participants Thanks, that Ryan. got to have fun and enjoy and, and, and really did a lot more than I did. I just played. There was a whole yeah, great team of support. Uh, Sean Makovsky, um, Dimitrios Ferradinos did a great job. He was in my game, uh, and oh, he actually really? was there the whole weekend, ha- helping and having fun. So yeah, there was. Wow. Uh, we turned like the whole downstairs into like a, like a makeshift TV studio. It was kind of fun. That's really cool. I was telling uh, our our podcast engineer master uh, Ryan did the the five four three, but we were doing that for real in the TV yeah. studio. Yeah. It was just like Wayne's World, where they like pointed at me and everything. Did you get stage fright? <laughs> I totally had stage fright. Totally, I stage right. As a DM. Yeah. Well, like as you were saying, like I was doing that whole prep thing. I was like nervously writing things down that I'm like, I'm not even, this is not even important, but I'm just doing busy work to make myself feel better. So do you feel like as a DM, it's important, like if you didn't 
what am I trying to say? If you kind of maybe floundered a little here and there, would your players even really notice? No, I don't think so. I don't think, think so. they would. There's definitely a few <clears> points. <throat> I don't know if, if careful watchers would have been able to see. There were definitely a few points where I was like, I had like so many notes and things in front of me that I, my mind was going, my my eyes probably dilated a little bit and moved back and forth. And then you just got to like, all right, we're just, yeah, just, just go, go with, with something and, and make it work. I also feel like as a dungeon master, you could just be behind the screen. Do you use a screen, first of all? I did for this, uh, yeah, not uh, not always, but I like did for this. If if you were just need a, a couple of minutes to regroup, just like get behind a, your screen and go okay, and just start rolling dice, and just roll the <laughs> dice, and then let your players and be like, oh no, oh, oh no, no, what's no, happening? That's a lot of monsters. Yeah, doing there. it in front of a camera is a little bit different because you don't want as much downtime. I mean, you want to be able right? to to keep it entertaining yeah. and fun. So, uh, yeah, ordinarily in a session, you could let the the you know the group just banter and talk, and that'd be fine. But you know. And this one, you wanted to try to keep up the entertainment value because yeah. people are enjoying. And speaking of which, I'm actually going to start doing uh, Out of the Abyss streaming. Um, when does that start? It actually starts uh, before this podcast will air. So I'm already doing it. It's oh. awesome. It's going really Greg well. Of the future yep. is it's telling be us. Wednesdays uh, at 12 noon Pacific time. Okay. Uh, tune into Twitch. We'll also have our highlights and all of our stuff up on YouTube so you can check out. How great it went. Wow. Even though it hasn't started yet. Well, it's going to be, it we, is awesome. It was awesome. We did hear um, that you're apparently a better DM than you are a player. It's true. <laughs> I think that actually might be true. <laughs> Shelly's talking about some banter of my boss uh, uh, directed my way. Yeah. Yeah. He meant it as a compliment. I think so. It was just, you know. Yeah. I, oh, I, yeah, I think that's definitely true. I've played for with those you two as a sessions. player, and I, you were you were you were great. Oh, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. But you know who else is really great? Our next guest. Our next guest. Well, without further ado, our only guest. We yeah. don't need more than these guys. Yeah. I'm intimidated. They're gonna think my voice is stupid. Well, you should st- start right off the bat with Bert. I can't. <laughs> these they're voice actors, people. That's why. Exactly. Yes, we are. Yes, oh, exactly. Voice actors. Me, 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 me. <laughs> we were going to start right off with us doing uh, 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 our Bert impression. That, yeah. That Bert from Sesame Street. Oh, do it. Go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> right. Ernie, my pigeons. <laughs> well, um, Kermit, that there. Okay. <gasps> No, oh I didn't know Kermit was going to be on the. Oh my god! Oh, that's right. Now I'm totally starstruck. <laughs> that was amazing. That's so. Uh, this is Shelley Mazzanoble, you guys. Uh, my co-host. I am Greg Tito. Hello. Soon to be world awesome. famous voice actor. Not at all. Right? Hey, Shelley. Yes. Hi, Hi, Shelley. Guys. Hi, Shelley. And Greg, hello. Thank yes. you so much Hi, for meeting. No problem. Thanks, guys, for for coming on. Uh, Happy to be in. Pretty good, you know. It's it's uh, it's been it's been a hot summer here in Seattle, but now it's getting cool, and I'm yep. liking that. Yeah, we're liking it. There you go. I love Seattle. Mm. It's fun there. It's pretty. As a, as a rain lover who lives in Southern California, uh, I, I just appreciate the amount of precipitation you guys deal with. We don't get that much anymore. I know, right? This, yeah. That's what everyone, I was like. I thought moving here in March, I'd get like nonstop rain. Right. But the summer was dry. Yep. Yeah. Not- and, and now it's like turned global on. warming. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, come on, that's like the whole point of going here. Because I love rainy days too. I'm a I big know. fan of precipitation. So we don't get enough. Yeah, that's a bullshit. Right? We're gonna turn it right around. Yeah. <laughs> now the next, like, I, I've just cursed it right now. We're gonna get nothing but rain. Good we're job, be, Tito. It's gonna be there like yeah. North Carolina all over again. Good job. Yeah. Oh, well God. done. Well done. So you guys, well, guys. Uh, got some exciting stuff happening. Thanks. Uh, you guys did some extra life this weekend. How was that? 
That was crazy. It was a lot of fun. It was awesome. Yeah. Did you see it? Did you see the technique we used to raise money in the game? Uh, I, I heard. Go ahead and tell our, our listeners what, what you guys did. I, I believe the technique has been done, I think, by either you guys or other DD streamers before, um, where a certain donation level that's donated, they get to essentially add an element to the game or mm-hmm. change a scenario as it's going. And uh, we hadn't done that before. And uh, I mean, actually, originally the idea of, uh, from um, Zach, who runs our, our Twitch stream, was to uh, to have it so that the messages that they offered would be, you know, divine information from his, you know, the the deity that his pact, his warlock pact, had been made with, and that would, you know, offer him information. But it very quickly got out of hand as the audience decided to nope, we're just going to say things that happen in the game and change it entirely. <laughs> oh, nice! I did. I just did catch the robot voice telling you how to do it in the in the voice of a musical. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, we yep. had a musical round. Yeah, it got pretty bonkers pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> and in the awesome process, we raised a lot of money for Extra Life, which yeah. was great. It was cool. Um, That's yeah, awesome. there was a musical. What did you guys sing? Uh, we just sang whatever came to our mind. I don't think there was a, a conformed theme to it more than just mm-hmm. sing the actions you do during combat. You know, Although I, I'd say it's very Les Miserables-esque. Yeah, I had, had to yeah. Like, yeah, put a point yeah. on it, you know? Yeah. Can you hear and the people singing? Is a play about sad people in France. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect for, for a Dungeons and Dragons French game. People. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, if you guys want to put together a Les Mis module next year in 5th edition, that'd be really <laughs> depressing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We'll we'll get our we we'll get our top man working on that. There you go. <laughs> Quick, roll for self-loathing. Yeah. <laughs> roll for okay. You guys are in the clouds. You're in the castle in the clouds. T- yeah. Greg and I, Greg and I like to do musical theater Thursdays, it's where true. we sometimes try to sing to each other. Yeah, we try to conduct all of our meetings that yeah. way. Yeah, uh, yeah the, 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 it turned into it, it turned more into like a musical improv like kind of bit for mm-hmm. a, an entire round, and in doing so, because of the listener who donated uh, generously. We all got to go from level three to level ten uh, after that yes. round. Wow! Yeah. Nice. Yeah, an, an atomic bomb. Well, it, it, yeah, it, uh, deck of many things. That's when I knew it was going downhill. <laughs> like every, everything was kind of controllable and kind of like, okay, I can, I can kind of try and round this up as the dungeon master. And then someone's like, someone went in. You reach in your back pocket and find a deck of many things and immediately draw three cards. And I just face palmed as hard as I possibly could. Oh my could. god. Like, all right, this is where we're going. Thank God it's a one-off. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is like, an excellent trait for a dungeon master. Just let's just go. We're going with it. We're, we're, we're Sounds like they put you through your paces, and you guys all handled it. So yeah, I, I still haven't slept. The nightmares are too strong. <laughs> <laughs> You're like decking many things can ruin so many games. Yeah. To be fair, to be fair. But also kind of, I mean, it didn't take me off, but I, we all know the the danger that is the deck of many things. I'm pretty sure that Dan Casey, whose character pulled that deck, had no idea. That, well, he had no, well, he pulled probably the most fortuitous <laughs> series of cards. He pulled the card that immediately gave him fifty thousand experience points and a wondrous item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His second card mean, meant the, the next creature he killed bumped him a level after that, so he went from level three to nine to ten. <laughs> um, he pulled one. He, the third card that he did pull was one that uh, negative five to intelligence. Uh, negative five to intelligence, but yeah. you know it's rogue. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, for one, and that's always fun. To, had, fun to role play just being dumber. Uh, all of a sudden, right? He had, he had two. Up. He had four points that he could use. So he just put it right back into intelligence. Exactly. Because he, he went to level ten, and then uh, and then he ended up pulling the one card that has uh, you know the a devil entity from the nine hells that that. D- takes him as his quarry and is now hunting him down to destroy his life. I was like, all right, great, I can pull a pit fiend into like TPK at the end. 
And uh, then he pulled a final card, which was the one that gave him one d three wishes, and he wished it into a puppy and broke its neck. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, like cool guys. Yep. Yeah, cool guys. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. You never will be recover from that. You'll always be a villain. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that and hence why the nightmares are still too strong. I understand. I think I'm going to have nightmares now. I know. <laughs> Thanks. Terrible. But I, oh, Ryan, I saw you had uh, some rock band. You were doing some rock band chops. Uh, 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 yeah, the uh, day before, they, uh, they had a, a, a rock band day, and uh, I, I jumped in, and uh, I had uh, Tiberius Stormwind do uh, March of the Pigs from Nine Inch Nails. Wow. Uh, <laughs> in character. Yeah, uh, uh, and then I did uh, Poker Face by Lady Gaga as Eric Cartman because that was what it said to do. And then I sang Tribute because Matthew was not around and he wouldn't have sang it instead. Cause, I appreciate you representing. Yeah, so it's like it's like our go-to karaoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, oh, man. Wonder Boy. Um, I've never done speak. Tribute on, at karaoke. I should totally do that. I don't. Uh, I don't have any good. singing chops whatsoever, but uh, 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 that, that's one I think I can get away with. You'd wreck it. Plus, it's great to have a second person to pop up and kind of fill in for the Kyle parts. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, a good yeah. point. And if you're drinking and at karaoke, like just the end part is worth it. When you're like, <laughs> like you don't even have to do that part right. It's just fun to do. Yeah, people are cheering. You're good. You're golden. Yeah. I love the halcyon days of uh, uh, of Jack Black and Tenacious Steve. They definitely were yeah. were awesome. I know. Yeah. Miss the Maris. Yeah. But apparently, they're doing more stuff together as Tenacious D. Yeah. That's cool. Oh no, I really. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're working on uh, new new material and possibly a new album. So I'm pretty stoked to see what that comes out with. Yeah, me too. I'm excited what? for the. Well, we're getting off track here, but <laughs> I could talk about Mr. Show and and that whole group of of, of comedians forever. Yeah, they're they're awesome. So you had some. I mean, I don't know if you guys uh, uh, can talk about this, but you had an awesome event happen yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell us about uh, what that how did that happen what happened how did, how did so, I'm pretty sure we can talk about it right we can, we can talk, talk about, about it, it. Yeah. yeah um so i mean he talked about it yeah yeah he put it up on his so, facebook that's right everyone so, knows yeah yeah <laughs> so how how is vin is okay. how's vin our buddy vin it's good you know vin uh rewind to the beginning how does this even yeah. happen so apparently you know, I, I got a, a call last Wednesday from Dan Casey at The Nerdist, who mm-hmm. was also on our charity stream. And uh, as part of the promotional uh, scenario with his upcoming movie, The Witch Hunter, which mm-hmm. is uh, based on Vin Diesel's you know, long-running old D&D character, Melkor, um, uh, he, they wanted to do a segment called D&D Diesel. <laughs> and, uh, and, and which they would have him over to play a game of D&D. And so they were, they were apparently, I just found out after the fact, they were very, very specific about it and asked them, like, who's the dungeon master? Give us examples of the work. We want to know who's going to be playing. We want to make sure this is a legit circumstance. They had so to, like, they sent them Critical Role mm-hmm. as an example, right. of course. Of course. So, right. you know, you Vin knows who we are. In all maybe. the same <laughs> happy... That's how we do. That's how we do. You guys you know? are now... I love it. They wanted to make sure it was legitimate. Your fantasy. With, yeah. Like, like, is your is fantasy legitimate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is, is, is that extra step of care put into like, well, well, do these people actually play D&D? That makes me feel like, you know, okay, we're in good company here. Nice. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so they, they, they asked me to, to throw together a, a, a one shot for Vin Diesel and uh, they chose a couple of actors from Critical Role, uh, Laura Bailey and Travis Willingham, and they brought in Dan Casey and Jessica Chobot from Nerdist. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a five person group. They told me to just do what I needed to do to make it happen. So I wrote a quick little one shot for about a 45 to an hour minute game, 
hour minute, you know the hour minutes? Those the hour minutes. minutes, yeah. yeah. Hour minutes. Um, it feels like that when you're minute. DMing for days. They're, they're minutes that belong to you. Right, there you go. Hour <laughs> minutes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like okay, okay, a, a one hour, a 45 minute to one hour one shot, is, that's pretty tight. Um, I hope we can get some good quality out of that. I'll, I'll write a story. And then I find out two days before the event, uh, yeah, so we talked to his, you know, his people, and it looks like scheduling-wise, we're only really going to have about 25 minutes to play, so if you can condense the game down to 25 minutes, I was oh like, my, oh, okay. Oh, my God. Okay, that'll, that'll yeah, work. And we're like, oh, no, ah. this is coming from a PR company who does not understand. When, as well, yeah. I, I, let's, to clarify, when Matthew, when you said that, I, I, I turned around and I was like, how the hell are you going to do that? I, like, I couldn't even... Like, what's the, what's that's the, like introductions. Right. You did know, a pretty that's like, damn good job. Did. I they witnessed did. it. It was insane. I hope it turned out okay. But yeah, like for you, you guys understand, like 25 minutes, barely, yeah, you said you barely got into the character introductions. Like yeah. you just begin to establish an idea of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's uh, nuts. So what, so what did you, can you talk about what you did? Like how did, how did you uh, run with, with that stipulation? I, uh, I, I, I basically did, wrote a very brief intro dealing with like a you know a, a swamp town that undercome some some curse that was causing the young to be born deformed with demonic features. Some you know, madness was setting in. The curse caught the ear of uh, Calder, the witch hunter, which is his character from the movie. And I kind of custom made a witch hunter uh, class uh, in fifth edition for his character. You know, very very kind of I custom made character sheets where it was very simple, so you could just like see the main few attacks and abilities you had, so it wouldn't mm-hmm. be too complicated for a very short session. And um, and I wrote a story that basically had a, a one NPC interaction, one quick battle, and then essentially a boss encounter that would be, you know, kind of an, either an epic cliffhanger or a fun way to end the session. So it was very much streamlined. Got to go through this quick, but have some cool hero moments, and you know, let let Vin be the leader of this this train, this crazy train to somewhere. <laughs> nice. What did he act that way? Was he more the the driver or the instigator of the, of the group? Uh, actually, uh, well. The, the, Preface this with the idea that when anybody is on that level of success and fame, there's a little part of you that's afraid, you know, it, it's changed them or they're just not going to be into it. And, yeah. You know, I know he's spoken in the past about being very passionate about how Dungeons and Dragons and other forms of role-playing games really kind of informed him, informed who he was going to be growing up, as all of us, the same thing. Yeah. So I was hoping that was what we were going to get. And he showed up and he was genuine and and very just honest, sweet, welcoming, and genuinely excited to be there. And, and so when we jumped in the game, he, uh, he had a few minutes of just kind of getting his bearings and realizing he was surrounded by a bunch of seasoned role players to an extent, and, and it had been a while for him. So we kind of had to coax it out of him. But once he got in the groove, man, he was right in the moment. Mm-hmm. He was describing the, uh, the flavor to his attacks, and it, he, he took charge. It was, it was really, really cool. I think after he rolled his first natural 20. Oh, yeah. That helps. He was like, yeah. he just goes, and he's like, Vin Diesel, deep voice. He just goes, critical. <laughs> you're like, yes. Oh, no, oh, shit's getting real. He, he suddenly became the world's most muscle-bound eight-year-old for like oh, yeah. a five-second period. I'm pretty sure you made his That's awesome. His <laughs> he was so giddy. It was the most adorable thing. The best like, part is when he rolled it, and then he was like, I live for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> So good. so good when he did that. That's awesome. That's well, a, that you're right. Funny. I could totally see that being like the 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 breakout moment. We're like, yep. all right, yeah. Now we're now we're playing. Yep. Now yeah, we're playing with Vin. <laughs> it was crazy, and uh, we 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 gave him an open invitation to uh, to guest on Critical Role. Uh, he yes. seemed he liked the idea, but of course he's a very busy man with a lot of you know billions of dollars in the industry to help break into the, the yeah. film. So uh, we'll see. That'd yeah. be awesome. I think. 
I think the Twitch would blow up if that ever happened for you guys. Oh my God. Yeah. God, the, the poor chat room moderators that day. <laughs> they, yeah, I could just, just see the, the steam flowing out of their ears and be like, I, I give up. I don't know. It's Vin Diesel. Exactly. <laughs> no, he was, he was genuinely really cool. Uh, the video should be going up in the next week or so. I think we're going to show part of it uh, on not this coming Thursday, but next Thursday's Critical Role. I think we're going to show part of the video. Um, and we'll, it'll be available that later that week, I think, online. So, uh, so look, awesome. look forward to oh, seeing that. I can't wait that. to see that. Perfect. And that'll be probably the day before this podcast will go live. So that'll be awesome. So we'll, we'll definitely hope people go check that out uh, when, we're, when we're publishing this. It'll be great. Yay. Awesome. So I'm, I'm impressed with the amount of work that you did for this and how you streamlined things and made their character sheets easy and just whipped up an adventure to highlight all this stuff. So obviously you have a history with D&D. But I'm curious about how, how all of you got started or who, who introduced you to D&D and what is your history? You want to start? Uh, yeah. Um, the, well, Matthew slash Liam, uh, three years ago uh, now, um, before I, I, I was just a you know, video game nerd, uh, a, a gamer, and I, Magic the Gathering was my, my bag. Uh, and I was I was of the the, the cloth that mocked D and D, like D and D's for fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> and uh, that is a quote from me, like from years ago, <laughs> from four year old, uh, four, four years, years ago. ago uh, you and, um, oh, oh ye with so little understanding. I had no idea, you know. You just don't, and and that's uh, I'll get to that. But the but it was Liam's birthday, and you know he he he, he would be I think right. Right before he talked to you about it, or right after, it was like right at like it being mentioned. Like he was like, "Yeah, I want you to, if you want to come." And I'm like, "Oh no, man! D and D is like it's for lamos, right?" And he's like, and "He was like, no, 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 it's fun." And it's and you know, Liam really kind of painted a nice picture. And I was like, "Okay, well, I love you," and because Liam's like a, a big brother to me, and and uh, uh, I was like, "Sure, I'll, I'll play." And then with what the world that I stepped into with Matthew's delicious mouth. Um, Don't put it that way. Please, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. please do not put it that I way. I mean, sorry, his really pretty mouth. Uh, okay. Just keep going. All right, Go anyway. Um, uh, the, the narrative that, that he presented uh, was uh, just a new experience. It's, it was a new level of, of playing uh, a game, uh, interacting while playing with the game, uh, a, a game, and, and my imagination was like kind of like unlocked in a different way. Uh, it, it was, and it was a different way to like just act and like and be and and just do uh, what the, you know this is. I played it wrong, by the way, for like two years because uh, I was playing against Matthew for a long time because he's super smart and I'm and I'm a big RPG guy and he's a big RPG guy and I'm like, oh, I gotta beat the DM and he's trying to kill us all the time and then like like the group had to be like, no, 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 he's trying to make you a hero. We're trying to make us heroes, not kill him. I was like, well, it doesn't feel that way sometimes. Um, <laughs> Uh, and uh, good, but, I'm glad. But it, it's it's been it's been a wonderful. Uh, it's it's the best thing in my life. No, I think you're actually quite terrified now. You you may be more than some of us if one of us dies in Vox Machina, because you will never hear the end of it. I won't. But at the same time, one that's how the game's played. And if you put yourself in a circumstance where circumstantially that happens, that's how it happens, and it would suck. But that would also be an extremely memorable moment for the rest of the party that goes forward. Like yeah. I'm a big proponent that I think if used right or you know, as a narrative device, if a situation allows a character to die, uh, even suddenly and without warning, that while a very dark and very hard emotional moment for that player, 
you're going to remember that moment the rest of your life. Yeah, I yeah. actually I had a, a a game I was playing in New York, uh, and I made an offhand comment that like, hey, when I die, I want to get blown up. It was this joke I threw away, you know, months before, <laughs> oh. and then I was going to be moving away, and everyone knew this was kind of my last session, and we didn't really talk about how my character would exit from from the game. Uh, and then the DM so smartly rigged a scenario in which something was happening, and the only way it would happen is if my character stayed behind and you know made sure that the explosion that we needed to happen was there. And I didn't put it together until right before it happened. I'm like, oh my God, you totally did this. This is amazing. And uh, yeah, my character died very heroically. And I was like, thank you guys so much. No chance of you coming back. No chance of coming back, exactly. (laughs) She's obliterated. Never say no chance. There are certain high level arcane magic. But there is definitely ways. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. There's, we could do it. We could make Eric. He'd come back as 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 a, possibly an evil character at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every druid cast a reincarnation and, and rolled the table. That's oh, always God. fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had another group that was... Surprise, a, your gnome. Yeah. Surprise. We had another group that was uh, uh, addicted to the reincarnation table. <laughs> Like every oh, single no. time people died, we were like, we're rolling, let's do it. Like everyone got excited. <laughs> Fantasy Lobo, the RPG. <laughs> yeah, it's like Russian uh, roulette. Marisha, how'd you get yeah. started? Uh, I also was introduced through Matthew Mercer, but a long time before... The, the fateful Liam birthday game that brought us all together three years ago. Um, and I never played D&D and heard about it and was dying to play. And I was like, well, I mean, I really only know like one dungeon master. So right. I called Matt and it was me and my boyfriend at the time and a, another good friend of mine that I did improv with. And it was just a three-person game. And I remember not being able to think of anything else but D&D for like the next 48 hours oh, after nice. that game. I was just like, yeah. oh, oh, I need more. <laughs> and then from there, I joined um, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer RPG, tabletop RPG. Sweet. Cool. And played in that for a little bit and did a few other games of D&D and didn't have Matt as my DM again for quite some time. And then... We, so he kind of like lit that spark and then disappeared into the night. First one's free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, uh, I guess, you know, two years later or so, um, got involved with the long running campaign that you were running because you had a few people leave and had a few seats open up. So I got involved. And then shortly after that, the Liam game happened. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You, were in, you were in my Dragonfall campaign I was running before that, which was a, we did like a two and a half year fourth edition game Mm -hmm. and uh heavily modified fourth edition and uh uh, we uh we had a good time but schedules didn't work out and that game had faded but uh the uh the vox machina campaign kind of took over and became the big thing yeah Yeah. that's That's so awesome that you had this like what like you guys keep referring to the the liam birthday liam o'brien was had his birthday and he just wanted to have like a dnd party is that what how it went down yeah yeah he he was directing me at the time on resident evil 6 Mm -hmm. uh and uh, we had had conversations about it. And he had heard and seen stuff on my Twitter about yeah. the about the, the other game we were running for a while. And he loved D and D as a kid. He read all the Dragonlance books. He still had all this like artwork back at home, back in, in his mom's house in, in New York that had you know heroes in the bow of a ship fighting a dragon. Like he was totally into it when he was a kid, but he just never had the opportunity to get back into it. And uh, I kept inviting him to come play. Or like I'll run I'll run a one shot for you, man. And he's like, uh, nah, I got kids. It's cool. <laughs> Can't do anything uh, fun anymore. I know. And then, <laughs> then eventually, kids. 
<laughs> he, uh, he broke down because he and, he and Sam Regal is in our game. They have a podcast called All Work, No Play. And they kind of challenge themselves like, all right, we're going to do something every you know month or so that we would normally say no to or we don't think we have time to. And we'll just do it. And so they agreed to do a D&D game for Liam's birthday. And he oh, asked perfect. me to punch Yeah. And so he dragged in a bunch of people that had never played before. Orion. We had dragged in Laura Bailey and Travis Willingham. Uh, Orion. Uh, Ashley Johnson has started playing yet. So Talison was kind of a ringer because he was in our other campaign in Marisha as well. Yeah. Well, I actually in. didn't play that first game either. I was the D&D assistant, essentially. Yeah, for the first session. I yeah. forgot. So I went around because there were so many new players and a decent amount of them because Liam invited everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I normally wouldn't run an eight-player game. Like my, my, my sweet spot's between, you know, four and six. And yeah, but, eight is tough. Know, like all of us. And uh, so Taliesin was kind of the token ringer player to, to kind of lead the party. And then Matt was running the game and I was running around, jumping from person to person, kind of shadowing over top of them, answering basic questions. That way Matt wasn't constantly inundated. Nice. And uh, then I joined. That's handy. Yeah. yeah. Joined the next oh. game after that. So. And then the okay. one shot went really well, and about a week later, I got an email in my inbox from Travis Cole, like, "So when's the next one?" <laughs> and and thus our our campaign began. And it was just like a, a, a an addiction from the from the beginning. Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice. I remember Liam sending out an email saying, "I think to speaking to Travis," and then because yeah, he says this is how he tells everybody, he sends out an email, and then nobody responded for a while, like two weeks. And he's just like, oh, shit. Am I like, whoops. He's like, uh, they hated it. They hated and it. And then one by one, we all like, yeah, yes, yay. <laughs> yeah. And then it was, uh, yeah. It was pretty rough. It didn't stop. So, Matthew, yeah, so how, did, how did you, obviously you were the uh, uh, the catalyst for a lot of these folks getting getting involved. But uh, I, I feel like you've been playing for a much longer time. Yeah, I um. I've been playing, I mean, I'm, you know, video games was definitely my initial catalyst, uh, who were lo- a lot of them largely based on, on uh, early role-playing games in D&D. Mm-hmm. But um, actually, my first time playing a tabletop, like, pen and paper role-playing game was, it would have been 96, uh, 96, my freshman year of high school. And uh, I met, got involved with the, the popular arts club at our school, which was kind of the, it was the, the fancy way of saying, we're the video game, anime, cartoon, <laughs> gaming crew. Popular yeah. arts. <laughs> and, uh, and they invited Popular. me to, to play D&D with them and uh, it, was, it was second edition you know I, I had to learn Thacko I had to I'm learn sorry. how to do reverse math um, it breaks your head doesn't it yeah yeah it's funny whenever anybody is like what's Thacko and I'll start describing it to them and you watch like their eyes just slowly sink into the back of their head yeah. it's, it's kind of amazing just the idea that what? like negative numbers are better and you're like what no that's, that goes against all logic Right, but but I think people who played second edition D and D are much better at uh, analyzing, uh, you know, ethereal concepts or or <laughs> quantum physics. Like it just gives it sets you up for thinking outside of the box. You know about imaginary no numbers sense. and <laughs> how that all works out. Yeah, that's funny. We actually spoke to a, a, a high school teacher who's using D and D for exactly that purpose because you you learn and you think about all these concepts that are outside yourself that you wouldn't normally do, uh, especially yeah, especially at your age at, at, at ninth grade. Like that's. That's the perfect time, apparently, for your plastic brain to figure out all these weird concepts. Heck yeah, man! It, it forged it everything sense, for me. Yeah. Like I, I, that first game for me was was <laughs> was everything. Uh, I created my character. I was so I was so innocent at the time. I was like, oh, I want to make a wizard. I like I'm using a sword, so I'll use the militant wizard kit, which was the most useless wizard kit in all of Second Edition. <laughs> and uh, I was like, cool, I can use the sword, but I'll never want to use it because I'm level one wizard. And the last thing you want to do is be in melee with anything. Right. 
but but it was it was such a great experience. And as we went on with this campaign for a while, the DM was driving me nuts because he had his own PC in the game, who was a paladin, who also was he decided could use the samurai fighter kit. So he was like dual wielding magical katanas and his, his you know his his holy sword paladin. or a paladin with dual wielding katanas. Right, um, dick. But, uh, <laughs> but understand, not just that. But in, in the rules at, at that time, you know, a paladin when they reached a certain level, they would go on a holy quest for either their holy sword or their holy mount. Um, he yeah. decided, because he was also the DM, that his quest was he woke up and his god gifted him the sword of the mount at the foot of his bed. And like, oh, cool, that's that's fun. That's not a quest um, so much as a, a present. So, it, yeah, it was, it was just enough where it frustrated me because we were all having so much fun outside of this one DM being a little too power play for his own kind of Mary Sue character that I got frustrated, left the campaign and started writing my own one. And that's mm-hmm. where I first started DMing and uh, haven't really stopped since. Do you, do you prefer DMing then over playing? It's hard to say. Uh, I don't, I rarely get a chance to play these days, so uh, it's a hard comparison. But, um, but I, really, I really do love dungeon mastering, partially because a lot of people uh, have trepidation about taking on that responsibility because mm-hmm. it is a lot of work, you know, in your free time. And uh, it takes a certain uh, flair uh, and, and interest to, to be able to, to play that impartial deity type mentality. Um, I love it because it, it, it gets me the chance to play a lot of characters. Right. And I get to create these worlds and create these scenarios and create these challenges and then watch all of my friends play through, through them. And it's so exhilarating and so, uh, for me, fulfilling to, to be able to provide this experience tailored for my friends and watch their faces light up when they succeed and watch them woefully, you know, wail when they, when they fail. And, and it, I don't know, it's, it's, for me at least, it's, I find Dungeon Mastering a more fulfilling experience probably. I'm going to piggyback on, on that. And you, for, for the audience... You know, we've known each other, for, you know, years before the game you know, happens, uh, happened. And, and, uh, and I've said this uh, multiple times and I'll say it a bunch more, but it, it, to, to know, uh, uh, have your friend be an amazing DM uh, and years of now playing this game and of hanging out with him on, on personal time, we still get lost in the words. Mm. I still get lost in the description and in, in the world that he weaves. Uh, and to to do that for you know per, per what we do for for a living as well like it it, it it's magical uh, what 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 happens yeah um, there's there's a different there's something to be said about the status change that happens that whenever you step up and you become a DM and you, we don't look at you as our friend anymore you are God. <laughs> yeah like I know you that sounds God. you're God and it, it's like a different kind of perspective and it does kind of turn you into it's a dangerous title it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you control but, the but, world what's, hey, what's really again, cool? I know. if someone asks if you're a god you, you say, say yes. yes this is true this is very uh, wise do you feel it's, like it's it, brought you closer together as friends or made you farther apart or further apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh no definitely closer together I do I feel yeah. like there's yeah. a bonding I, I barely knew a lot of these people when we first started so, and I mean, we're a family now. We talk every day. We, we chat. We have a whole text chain and anything that goes on. We, we really have bonded ex- extensively over it. And it's and hard not, not to. Not a day goes by that we don't. D&D isn't brought up in our lives. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. And it's cool. Not a day. It's a private victory for me, the kid who had to keep all that stuff hidden in high school. You know, like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe I play D&D. Shut up. You know, now <laughs> I can. Do you play Now D&D? I have to out of the woodwork asking about it. And I think that, that that's what's so cool right now at this time. 
and uh, and and for us, the show, what, what Critical Role has really done, because we weren't sure if it was going to be a success, we weren't even sure if we wanted to do it originally, because it was a private thing for us for two years, and then yeah. putting that on the internet, it's very much a it's a transition of allowing this this private wonderful world that you've all shared together, and 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 putting it out in the, for the world to possibly stab in the heart, and and thankfully, <laughs> it resonated with people, and we get constant tweets and messages from people who are getting into the game, or people that have been scared of Dungeon Master, and and are now taking up the mantle and they're sending us pictures of their groups and telling us stories about how much fun they had or how the, the, the friends that they never had, they've met through their first D&D game and now like... Or relationships. Or relationships. That have, that have happened. I think we have yeah. a couple engagements now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's always so amazing. And just even like the, uh, the Critical Role uh, forums, we now yeah. have like mm-hmm. Critter games that happen. We have D&D games that happen across the globe. And I know one of the Critter games, it's... Uh, I think they said each one of their members is in a different country. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's yeah. insane. Um, and, and, and that's that's a testament to to role-playing games in general. There's there's something so special about sharing that communal storytelling experience that that bonds you in a way like any adventure would, mm-hmm. that you don't have that chance in the real world today. The way that society is built, the way that the work system is built, the way that that's just the sociological structure is you don't have a lot of opportunities to experience trials and, and success together like that mm-hmm. and this this game this role-playing game experience provides that and forges a bond you don't get in many other mm. places and the odd odd unique thing is a three-hour show that when it's over you're like oh wait that was that was three hours <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh man i felt like that when i did the extra life thing for four hours i was like what that went that went by so fast it's just yeah. Yeah. It, especially when you're d- dungeon mastering i feel like you're you've got so much uh, uh juggling in your head happening at the same time that you know time passes and you're like oh god that's amazing that entire oh, yeah. story happened uh, uh in the space of of you know your imagination it's amazing and yeah, i want to I touch back on something you were saying uh, uh matthew about how people are coming out of the woodwork now that's something i've really noticed too where you know mm-hmm. you're right like it used to be Something you hid, something you you know. You, yep. you, I mean, I grew up in a uh, a Catholic background, so I actually oh, literally yeah. had to hide the books. Yeah, uh, Orthodox Catholic represent. Yeah, what? 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 Yeah, we got the guilt, yo. Yeah. That, that new pope, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Fist bump, new pope. <laughs> new pope. Someone should make a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, but like you know that 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 was like such a uh, ingrained thing to me. Even as I was uh, an adult, I, I I moved to I I graduated from from college, moved to New York City, and I, I married my my girlfriend. And then I had this moment of like, wait, I can actually play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I can do yeah. this. I I can make these choices. Nobody's gonna throw away my books. right. Exactly. And, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can do this. Uh, and I feel like. You know that was that was about what ten years ago now, and I feel like now that the culture has also kind of adopted that, where it's not you know finally the old vestiges of of uh, the way people used to think about uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons and gaming as as being you know tools of the devil and all that is finally right. falling the away. Of it. Right, exactly, yeah. and and <clears throat> everyone is coming out and saying how it was formative for them. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I feel like you guys and and Vin Diesel are just like the, are the few, but there's there's you know, I, I feel like every once in a while, like Tom Cruise is going to say, like, "Oh yeah, I played D and D and I love it, and that's why I really like Scientology." You know, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> why. Open my mind, man. That's why. That really oh, wouldn't surprise me. A Scion class, like, back, <laughs> is that where you just strictly played Scion class? Yeah, only Scionics. Yeah, it's it's been really incredible, and I, I think a lot of that stems from one because of social media, people, uh, and the internet in general. I think has allowed communities. Mm to find common ground amongst 
you know, similarly interested people far easier than back in the day where you truly felt alone if you only had a few friends that were into these, you know, kind of niche games. Um, now you have the opportunity to reach out and find people all over the world in droves that have the same interests. And so it gives you a little more confidence to, to talk about it. And, um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that all of us who grew up playing these games, uh, you know, these storytelling engine type, type games, a lot of those kids are inheriting the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. A lot of these kids that grew up playing Star Wars RPGs, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, yeah. Paranoia, Rivs, you know, all, all these titles are now becoming the writers, the directors, the producers, the performers in all mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And they're also... And a lot of them are writing shows, which I think is yeah. definitely yeah. Yeah, volumes. We've heard that D&D is like a secret handshake in Hollywood. <laughs> that if you're like, it's like an Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, it is a cabal, and you yeah. got yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I like that thought. <laughs> well, to, to, to speak to speak to Critical Role specifically, uh, that's that that's kind of the the beautiful part about the show is that you people are seeing that uh, the stereotypical uh, vision of what people who play Dungeons and Dragons look like are not so at all. I mean, you, you people, have, people from all walks play yeah, it. Yeah, all walks. Types. You know, like you, you we have the, the the hulking Travis. You know, like. It, being a geek, we have the the, the lovely Laura being a geek. Uh, we have the the the, the mindful Talison being a geek. The, we have the token Puerto Rican uh, <laughs> being a geek. That's me. Um, <laughs> but it's just all showing all you know all walks of life can, can just that's just yeah. just just go and play have fun. Well, I, I hope the one thing that if people can take away from our show, they'd say, you know, that it, they have permission to be a working professional adult who can also play pretend every once in a while right. like that's totally okay i yep. think it's i think it's not just okay i think it's healthy yeah, yeah. and i think it's it there is nothing but positive things to draw from it i think the experience of, of being able to play as an adult is so important to your mental health and to just being a generally happy person and role-playing games are such a wonderful catalyst to that that uh i i, I will recommend them for the rest of my life Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and 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 uh, as far as friendships go, like it's uh, I've said this before, but I've told Matthew, I'm like, I'm glad that our arguments are about like me just trying to be OP all the time, like <laughs> like that's that's the extent of our just he's like, oh Ryan, you just can't, you can't, you can't. I'm like, yeah, but I wanna, and that's like what, but, and it's about it, it's yeah. And, and not all games are like that, too. I mean, You're a sorcerer. Why do you want a flaming staff? What yeah. do you want? What do you want? Because <laughs> it's cool. Because it's really cool. <laughs> exactly. And, and, I'm with and Orion on that one. Like that. I've, trust me, I've, I've had many games as well where, you know, sometimes player tensions arise and games fall apart because there are differences in personality. And that's just part of being human. And that's part of, of just people being different. And that's going to happen. But even those experiences, you learn a lot about how to communicate with people yeah. and, and what personality traits gel with you and don't. And I think... Even those negative game experiences that make you up every now and then, those are important lessons and will just make you that much more in tune with the types of gamers and the type of games that really fulfill you going forward. And you so, think about so much, you know, I, and when you were at elementary school or whatever and you do group projects and that was supposed to be the whole teaching thing was like, oh yeah, you're doing this as a group. And what better teaching tool than trying mm-hmm. to kill a dragon together and loot its, you know, its horde? Like that's oh, the, absolutely. Uh, the, yeah, the, I've met a few teachers in my day who... Um, are started D and D clubs mm-hmm. at their schools, or have implemented D and D into their class regimen, and I think it's great. And yep. I mean, even have, you know, I was talking to you, Greg, about eight two six LA, and we were just down there, and we introduced it to them. And now they are absolutely serious about trying to start a D and D club there at eight two six, and they're primarily elementary schoolers. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a it's a, not only a great teaching tool, 
it's great for learning, you know, better social skills and, Absolutely. you know, being a little bit more outgoing. And I think mm-hmm. it's what a lot of people don't really understand about it, that it can, like you said, absolutely be great therapy. Yeah, in a way. I, I can I can attribute a large portion of who I am today based on the characters that I made, lived through, and kind of learned who I wanted to be through those role-playing game experiences. Yeah, yeah. everyone should go watch the IT Crowd episode where they play Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, because uh, I think it's yeah. the most quintessential example. I was hoping for uh, Ruddy Mysterious, but that's yeah, <laughs> of like of people using D and D as therapy and like how beneficial it can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, uh, so I mean, obviously, you guys have a specialized group uh, in that you're all performers as well. You're not just uh, you know the the normal run of the mill people playing playing <laughs> like the game. Us. You know, you bring a certain kind of flair to it. Um, so we have no shame. We get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, do you find that the game ends up being a little bit different because of that? Like, do you feel you know you guys all? work together more as an acting troupe, uh, uh, you know, knowing each other's foibles and playing off of them that way more so than a, than a normal group would? Uh, you say normal group, I would say compared to maybe a little bit because as performers, we're, well, we have no shame. We're, we're used <laughs> to being a little more publicly uh, vulnerable. Right. And, uh, and we don't have as much trepidation with stepping out of our comfort zone because that's what, largely what we do for a living. But I can also say I've been in, in private game environments with people that are, you know, programmers, with people that are, uh, you know, news copywriters, people that have worked in all sorts of life. And, and once they're given that permission, once somebody shows them it's okay to kind of let yourself fly with this character, mm-hmm. over time they can shine and, and banter and be as clever as any of us are in the show. And I, I think... I think a lot of that just comes with that permission when people allow themselves to, you know, us performers as actors, that doesn't mean that we have, you know, that we're, we're better than people at role playing. It just means that we're more in tune with giving ourselves that permission. I think anybody can unlock that level of immersion if they just allow themselves to be comfortable with it. Um, so for us, if anything, I hope that we're setting an example for players who previously didn't have that permission uh, or, or didn't know within themselves that it, that they can take the storytelling to that level. And um, I don't know that, Hopefully that's one thing we're, we're helping promote for the role-playing game circles out there. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely nothing to be intimidated by. And, I mean, there's been a few, I've seen a few comments towards us about, like, oh, I don't, I don't know, I, I, can't, I can't do voices like these people, and I'm, I'm not an actor. And it's like, no, 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 no. That is the wrong thing to take away from this. Like, if, if anything, just take away that you, the best thing you can do is just to relax and let it go and, and really try and find a non-judgmental group. If you, I don't think, by the way, if you, if you get that far to where you're handing someone a character sheet and they're sitting down at the table, hopefully if they're sitting down, they won't be that judgmental yeah, douchebag. And if you, if you need like, to, to like a springboard of an idea for you know, some, some people, go, how do I do that? Well, I, I always say you know, when you roll your stats, start, your, start to get a relationship with the character that you want to build, that you want to become, and and use your stats to guide you. Like I, Tiberius had super low wisdom, so you can see how I play him. Um, <laughs> exactly. Like I use that as a guiding tool to be like, okay, this is going to be his personality, and then yeah. I just added a lot of myself into it, into it, and and but that was because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing at first. I was like, uh, I guess I'm gonna do this. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and to comment on that too, not every game has to be fully storytelling and fully you know performance based. Too. Right. That, that's our bag, but. There are many players out there that they just enjoy the you know raid dungeon kill things take loot experience and that's also cool. 
I would just recommend if if you know if you're going into a new game, talk with your DM, talk with other players, and make sure that you're all on the same page with what you want to get out of the game experience. Because if you have some players that are one, some player on the other side, there might be some tension there based on people not you know getting what they want. Or conversely, if people still want to go forward, you might learn that you enjoy more of the other side of that experience than you expected. But uh, but you know definitely definitely don't feel like that's the, that's the only way to play D and D. You know there's no right or wrong way to play the game. It's just what what makes it fun for the group? And I believe kind of, in villain campaigns. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, those are always fun. <laughs> you can show your show your darkest side ever. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Do you think it's different because I mean, you guys played in this you know two years before the the show started. Uh, Do you feel that the campaign has changed since you put the cameras in front of you? I would say we were definitely worried about that. Um, yeah, we get to play a lot more, which is rad. Yeah, yeah. There's a schedule that you have to follow, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, we, we, it's we, a job. we have players to have kids and families, and a lot of us just have business individuals. If it's just for fun, it's harder to schedule. So we'd play once every month and a half, once every month for like a big solid six to eight hour session, and uh, that was fun. But it also meant that each game when we get back together, we'd be like, "All right, so wait, what happened last time?" And okay, fine. all right, yeah. get up my notes and recap for everyone. Um, so it's, it's helped us be on a consistent schedule. But um, as far as the general feel of it, we were very worried at the get-go that it would be different. Because putting it in public, having cameras around, having us not all intimately around a table, you know, uh, it, we were afraid it was really much going to change the, uh, the dynamic. And pleasantly surprised to find that it didn't really change much. I think, if anything, it helped, it helped us cut out a lot of the dilly-dallying bullcrap that we would do when we were comfort on the table, you know, just kind of drinking a beer and chatting about what happened during the day and it would just take forever to get things, to, you know, to happen sometimes mm-hmm. because we were all so casual about it. When we're right. on the stream, the story goes and the story stays. And so yeah. I kind of like that change. That's a DM. You hemmed up Tiberius? Yeah, 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 a little yeah, bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he likes an audience. I can't blame yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, and another one of the main concerns we were worried about is not necessarily our behavior changing what our main concern was is taking something so private and bringing it to thousands of people on the internet and as we have seen in the yeah. past sometimes the internet cannot you know be so kind so what are you talking yeah. about i've never heard of something. i know i know right yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so we were and you know we didn't know we we were like are people really going to be interested in watching us sit and talk for three hours is this going to be engaging and um we were extremely pleasantly surprised that it's really just big it's made it that much more special yeah and it's been fascinating to see that the general public one i I think it's a huge statement on the importance of good storytelling just in media in general and that if you have a good story you don't need a whole lot. We don't have visuals. We don't have graphics. We just have an amazing story. Mm. And because we don't have the visuals and the graphics, I think that's what spawns so much of the fan art that comes our way. And it's amazing to see that what we see and what Matt describes is pretty much spot on to what ends up coming back from the audience. It's, it's incredible. The, yeah. the, the community engagement that's, that's come out of this is, has been humbling and, and awe-inspiring. And, and it is cool because of this medium, because it is so based in your imagination and the imagination of, of the, the viewer. Uh, it's a perpetual invitation for them to create within our world, whether it be art, whether it be writing their own uh, you know, fiction side stories, whether it be uh, doing their own craft elements or writing music and songs based on it. 
the uh, the connection we've we've established with this community and and continue to do so is is far beyond anything we would have ever expected or hoped coming out of this, and it's 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 wonderful. Have you ever you know have you been been taking inspiration? You know, if someone says something and you're like, oh, that's a great idea, I'm going to totally work that into the game. Has that has anything like that happened? I've I've tried not to, uh, partially because. You know, pe people tend to open the floodgates. Well, well, well. I would say because I have a very firm idea of where the world's going and have for a long time, mm -hmm. and uh, and also because the players guide so much of the direction it takes at any given point in time. Uh, one, I I don't want to. I want to make things my own and original. And and as as a storyteller, I think it's really really cool to be able to surprise everyone. Yeah. Um, but it's also cool to see fans that will make fan theories that'll be in line with things that I already have planned. And I'm like, oh, ooh, well, you've picked up on these little things. Good on you, you know? Right. We've got some really observational folks out there. But we are implementing elements occasionally into the game where we do let the community contribute to the world. Like uh, we've had a few contests where folks got to name or create non-player characters that I would incorporate into the story. Yeah. Uh, we've had some contests where uh, we're hoping to have some where players can, can name locations or you know, help design some locations they may visit in the future. Um, uh, we're, we're working on more ways that we can occasionally incorporate uh, community interaction without necessarily breaking or, uh, you know, completely uh, derailing the current story we have going forward. So I think there's a lot of cool opportunities there to engage the audience and kind of help them actually help formulate parts of the world without me feeling like I've, I've lost control of my train. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Marisha and Orion, are you guys now trolling the community forum to be like, what was the thing that is right? What's the thing? <laughs> um... I don't know. I can't speak for Orion, but I also try to stay off the forums and because you know there is something to be said about being subconsciously influenced and yeah, just I mean even after the Briarwoods were revealed in the last episode and so many people were like vampires, vampires immediately vampires and it's like okay, well now that's hard to not be like hmm yeah maybe they're right. vampires. I I got I got a spanking because I met a game too hard because of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm retarded OCD about stats, so I'm like, oh god, what do they do? What can I do? How do I kill them? I would have been, I would have been, I would have been, like, I shouldn't have yeah, you're known not, any of that You're stuff. not supposed to research the monster manual as a player, Orion. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't have one. But I'm dot, 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 dot. Uh, <laughs> there. But uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, the, I, the, the, our fans bought me a robe, so I wear the robe. Aww. And that's how they influence me. <laughs> they buy you things. They will only influence me from now on. Yeah, yeah. We, we do have um, a, a lot of fans who like to try and send us suggestions on what we should do next or how to use spells into or, that. That's my favorite. Or backseat roleplay. Or backseat roleplay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Should've done this. To that we say, I'm like, uh, thank you, fans. I, I, don't <laughs> so I, I say, we'll put that as. Doing. As Liam, Liam made a good kind of joke about it, and he was like, all suggestions will be put in this box, and he showed a picture of a mimic. <laughs> nice. Oh, funny. Yes, <laughs> and so that's where we have a mimic suggestion box. That's so all of your suggestions go we'll to go the mimic. That's, that's good. Awesome. And like, that's how we, that's you know, how we handle that. The suggestions are always appreciated, but right. I just want people to understand that, you know. We've uh, been with our characters yeah. for three years now. Yeah, we've been yeah. with them for a while. <laughs> the story's going where it's going, and I mean, it's all appreciated. But, uh, the yeah. experts are, are at the table. They're yeah. not. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so what are some of the more memorable, maybe either letters you've received or cool artwork you've received, that some things that really stand out to you that you've appreciated? Oh, man. Uh, so well, I guess much. the robe. The robe would the be The robe one. is cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, uh, that, that was, that would, yeah, for, yeah for, it's like a physical thing and I love it. 
I, it's hard for me not to wear it around town. <laughs> just, yeah, just like at home. He just doesn't um, take it off. <laughs> it's like you might want to wash that, Orion. Uh, <laughs> our wonderful artist Kit Bus uh, came to visit us uh, a couple weeks ago, and we were uh, uh, we all went to this place called to Rap in Burbank, uh, where they sell uh, costumes and all kinds of stuff from films and TV shows and all mm-hmm. kinds of other things. It's where clothes go after productions wrap. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's oh. where the clever co- title comes oh, from. It's oh, it's a wrap. Oh, see, I thought I that I thought like that's sandwiches. what they had for lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a it's a ham and cheese. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, a thrift store, but it's like, because, you know, Warner Brothers, after they have a show closed, they can't keep all of those clothes. They keep yeah. some, but not all of them, yeah. so yeah. then they, they toss them to it's a wrap. But yeah, we, we, uh, we, we went there, and they had a bunch of cool stuff, and uh, we saw this r- robe. They spotted a robe, and uh, I tried it on, and it was literally cut to my height and measurements. Uh, and it was beautiful, and Liam took a picture and tweeted it, and then I quoted the tweet, and... Later, the next day, I streamed on my channel and uh, on Twitch, and uh, I didn't say a damn thing. And then <laughs> I, 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 somebody said, that was a cool robe yesterday. I was like, yeah, it was pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, I see a donation uh, for $400, which is the amount of the robe was. Um, and the awesome uh, fellow who gave it to me just said in the chat, go get the robe. And uh, so, so amazing. Tiberius so amazing. has a robe now. That's awesome. We've had an amazing, like, insane amount of fans, and the gifts that we get are, it's it's, it's overwhelming. It's 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 strange because, uh, you know, on one hand, it, it you know, you, at, at what point do you feel like you deserve this? You know, you've you've done a story, and and, and you do, you're appreciative, but it's also like, well, you don't have to do this. You don't have to spend money on us, you don't have to do the time on this. But at the same time, it's so wonderful to think that somebody would be so inspired to want to do that, that you can't help but take it to heart and really appreciate these, these, these things that people are doing for us. I can't, I can't pick, honestly, there's been so much amazing fan art, people that, that send us both digital and hard copies of their fan fiction and side stories, people that, I had somebody that completely crafted uh, a replica of our, uh, our big uh, Illithid City Beholder fight, but made an actual like you know like sculpted the entire dungeon, I, almost like a, like a hero for or um, uh, a dwarven forged tile set of it. Like oh, they wow. just recreated Whoa. it and sent it out there, um, with a, with with a functional LED in the Elder Brain. It was amazing. Oh my gosh, I love when and, people do practical effects like that in, in the yeah. miniature things. It's so cool. And yeah, so, we, yeah, we've gotten hand painted miniatures of our of our characters. We've gotten jewelry. We've gotten weaponry. Right. Right. I have a, a flamethrower. Yeah, our fans are slowly arming us. <laughs> Wait, that's totally and, and canon, he, right? To have a flamethrower. Yeah, yeah. And not even the big, the big stuff too. I mean, I, I've gotten a, a, a letter that moved me to tears, and it was a, a thanks of sharing. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot of different levels of, of giving. Oh um, yeah, we've had people that, jump on Minecraft servers and recreate, you know, towns and like our, our dungeons we've gone in, through. Yeah, in Minecraft. Yeah, you know. Oh my and god, it's that's like, so cool. Yeah, all of that is is. All equally is amazing. What's been really cool too is we've had a lot of fans send us letters or messages on Facebook that talk about them going through very difficult periods in their life, whether it be mm-hmm. um, they suffer with depression or uh, other other uh, emotional disorders that put them in a dark place, or they've they've lost a loved one. And this this show, among the many other shows out there, that provided not just an escape for that, but a place you know that they say helps them kind of pull out of that dark space, live in this fantasy world and come out of it with a sense of how they can 
improve their circumstance and walk out of that with a much happier disposition at life. And we're just we're just geeks playing games, but at the same time, it's it's incredible to think that people can be inspired by that, and it's so. It, it touches me progressively, and I've sh- I've shed probably buckets of tears reading those letters. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. It's amazing that it, you know it's all as you said. Like you guys are just playing the, you know, a game, but like it's just amazing that you know the community of the group that you guys have around the table. Like that positivity. I mean, I can feel it in your voices now about the way you talk yeah. about each other. Like it just that's infectious. You know, people feel that. You know, over the interwebs, and uh, I, I can totally see how people could could respond uh, to your show in, in, in this way. And it's it's amazing. I think it's great. Yeah, thank you. It's 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 a wild ride. I'm still still riding. <laughs> <laughs> so to shift tracks a little bit, I know uh, some of you have been talking to uh, uh, about the the voice acting. Strike that is that is it hasn't happened yet. It's about to happen. Uh, uh, about what you guys are talking about uh, as far as your work in video games and stuff like that. Do you want to uh, say anything to that? Uh, it, it, well, it isn't the strike isn't happening. Uh, it's a strike authorization that's currently going through. Right. Um, which is essentially where the, uh, the the base of people that work the interactive contract are voting um, whether or not they would support a strike should that happen. And so. Uh, what this is now is between the and the, the best that I can I can talk about it is the um, the interactive uh, side of the contract for, for SAG-AFTRA and the publishers on the other side of the table. We've just came to an impasse regarding a number of, of uh, elements of the contract on both sides. Uh, many of them are safety and health related on our side. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there's been a discussion about back end pay. Um, there's been a number of things brought to the table, and there have been a number of things brought on their side as well. Um, and all, all of them, of course, cause concerns on each side. So since we've been in an impasse for going on almost like seven or eight months since the very first negotiation began, uh, us as a union, we, we only have so much power outside of this. You know, our, our ability to strike is essentially the only weapon we have to, to go to the table and fight for what we feel we, we, we should as, as, as working professionals. So um, that's the stage we're going through right now. It's the authorization. It's just a vote to see if, if we would support it if we're going forward. Hopefully it can be avoided. Nobody wants to strike. Nobody, yeah. Nobody's excited at the prospect of like, yeah, I can't wait to not work. How fun is that going to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I feel very confident because, because we have a lot of good relationships uh, from between actors and the devs. And there is, while there has been, as soon as everything went public, a lot of backlash and a lot of like angry discussion, a lot of it came from misinformation or focusing on the wrong facts. And I think yeah. we're starting to right. pull through that part and people have gained to really kind of get underneath and see, okay, these are the real concerns of this negotiation. And uh, when we go to the table next, I'm, I'm, I'm confident we're going to come out of it uh, in a, a very positive way. It's not going to be an easy fight because no negotiation is. No. Um, especially when you're dealing with a lot of big businesses because, you know, we're, the actors are going uh, going up against you know Papa Activision, Papa EA, you know all the big big publishers, and it's not us with the devs; it's us against the lawyers, and that's it's it's a it's a tough fight for anyone to go to the table. So the negotiating committee that's going forward on them, uh, bless them and everything they're fighting for, and uh, I, I I'm confident that we'll come out of this uh, positive all around. I, the one I really uh, I, I I'm in full support of you guys. I don't really understand. Uh, a lot of the backlash that I read, uh, especially after this was announced, um, from friends of mine in the game development community, a lot of them were just like, uh, uh, as you said, focused on misinformation or one specific instance of something. Uh, you know, yeah. like one person had one bad deal that they had with a, or in their mind, a bad deal with a with a voice actor, and they're like, see, 
and they want more. And 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 I, I you know had a few private arguments with folks where I was like, no, that's just I mean, that just because you had one thing that went sour doesn't mean that that should, you know, dictate the policy of of the way the business works. You know, and then also yeah. a lot of a lot of it seems to be tinged with their own unhappiness with how their own working we, conditions are, which I'm like, that's yeah. great, but, you know, that's separate from, from this. Like, you should right. fight your yeah, own fight, and we encourage you, and maybe if you stood together with the voice actors, they would fi- help you and support you instead of, you know, making it feel like it's us against them when it's actually, you know, those aren't, those aren't the people you're, you're, you would be striking against, you know? Exactly. No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, and, the, and there's no secret in the gaming industry that the developers on the creative side are absolutely overworked and underpaid Mm -hmm. talk about it all the time you know and and a lot of those guys are pulling 80 90 hour weeks that's not unheard of i used to i I worked in dev for seven years before i became a voice actor professionally so like i you know i've seen from that side and to this day we have a lot of wonderful relationships with developers and and directors and writers that we've we've worked with over the years and we see the the sheer insanity that is the, the the expectation of work hours to get a project by a certain deadline to right. make sure that you you, know, you push through crunch to get to gold submission to make sure that your game gets on shelves before Christmas and and we 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 would love everyone to stand up on this you know um, but I also understand there's a lot of concerns on the dev side because they aren't unionized and yeah. if they were to try to get unionized there's a lot of worry that jobs would go overseas and it's just kind of a catch twenty two circumstance that that we all understand and. And there is nothing but support from the actor side for the dev side and people on that. There, there is there shouldn't be a separation. But that's unfortunately, whenever it comes to business, those perspectives are always going to come out, and and that's totally fair. And I know when people get frustrated and angry that that's just the circumstance, and and you're yeah. allowed to. You know, and, and, not- and it is true that I mean this is also the situation that the the theater business went through, and and the movie business did after that. Uh, you know that these kind of working conditions that the the devs are going through um, was exactly the way, you know, young Hollywood actors were treated and, you know, before they unionized and things like that. So it's like, you know, it's a lot of the same fights um, instead of uh, uh, it being, you know, you guys should be allies rather than than adversaries. I I like to think so. And, you know, when all this is said and done, I'm sure that everything, everything will be back. To, to the positive relationship that we, you know, have, uh, it's mm-hmm. just that that weird, that weird awkward period of time when when negotiations come up, things just get weird. It's it's unfortunately part of the process. But uh, yeah. But uh, uh, you know, for anybody out there who who does work the dev side uh, and is listening to this, uh, just just know that we <laughs> we, we love you. We love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Keep if, making stuff. You know. <laughs> yeah. If anything, we were just hoping that this really just proves awareness. You know, and right. we would love to help the devs. We're not in the same union well, with the devs. It's, it's There's a, only, you know, it, we're, we're in a catch-22. Yeah, the, the best experiences we have in our job is when it is a collaborative process with the creative team behind the game. And I've, we've had, a lot of us have the opportunity to go and visit the development studios and meet everyone who works in the art department, who works in the sound department, mm-hmm. who works... You know, the people that... Their job is to, to rig 3D models, the people that are the texture artists, the people that, that you know, handle all you know, key animations. Like, there's so many facets of the game you know, industry that don't get highlighted and I think that's unfortunate and I'd like to see a trend going forward that we can show appreciation outside of the DICE Awards to the people that spend three years of their life, you know, modeling hero head characters, you know? Yeah, like, it's funny because when I, when I, whenever I stream on, on my stuff, uh, I, I do a thing uh, where I'll stop and I actually make the audience 
look at, at rocks and the ground and like, <laughs> the sky. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, like, I was like, this is something that we just kind of run through when we play games. But guys, look at this. Yeah. I'm like, I'm telling you, somebody spent two weeks on this patch of grass right. that's that's waving in front of us right now and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah. the reason you aren't stopping and going, oh, look at how crappy that patch of grass looks is because it's so immersive so and looks good. so beautiful and it flows gently with the non-existent physics wind that somebody else programmed exactly. that you yeah. just felt like you were there. And that's there are so many facets of the industry yeah. like right. that that don't get the appreciation. And I understand that uh, that things like this negotiation kind of trigger that that sense of not, of underappreciation there. And, and I just want you guys to know that we understand. And yeah, the share the wealth aspect I feel should go. I mean, if, if, if I had a choice, I'd, I would, I'm probably gonna get in trouble for this. If I had my choice, I would prefer back end pay to, or any sort of, of bonus pay to go to the devs before anybody else. I think they put in you know, the most time and the most hours. We're just unfortunately in a position where we, we can't fight for that. And all we can do is, is fight for our end and our, what we think is fair for our, our uh, work environment, what we think is healthy and what is and, safe and, for our work environment. And the, and the value that we add to the production. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of the focus went on, uh, 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 as you said, the, the monetary aspect, but a lot of the stuff your guys are asking for is just basic safety. You know, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, the, I used to work in the theater and, you know, the amount of, of care and time that went into making sure each performance was safe uh, was something that would have been unheard of 150 years ago in the theater, in the, in the, like in the vaudeville circuit. Like they didn't do that, but those were things that stipulations that were, were uh, uh, you know, hard, hard fought and hard, you know, were victories for the performers uh, uh, as steps along the way. And that's the same things that you guys are asking for, like the hazard, you know, uh, pay for 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 voices that could you know injure your vocal cords so that you could not do your job anymore. Yeah, like that just seems even, like basic, like, oh, yeah, that's what every other I mean, industry has. That. Every other entertainment industry has these stipulations. Exactly. And as, as games go into more of the cinematic route, and especially a lot of the games that are more military-based or just generally have large-scale combat sequences, uh, you know, like for Shadow of Mordor, I, I'm probably like a quarter of the orcs you kill in that game. Um, <laughs> oh, man. But that, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Jerk. Never mind. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I totally recognize that voice. <laughs> <laughs> but but as part of that, you know, you're you're layering uh, very heavy texture on your voice. You're layering uh, a dialect which is already speaking in an unnatural way uh, on top of what is continuously elevated speech for multiple hours at a time. There wasn't a session of that game over. I think like eight or nine sessions I did that I didn't go home practically unable to speak for the next four, you know, fourteen twenty hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's part of just what we're. We're trying to help regulate because it is our living, and if if all it takes is too many of those harsh sessions in a row before you lose an entire register of your voice, and that's, that affects whole, your work whole, forever. A whole day when uh, I worked on Resident Evil, uh, Matt's Resident Evil, and I was I was a third of the zombies on that one. Um, <laughs> because they, they they hired a bunch of uh, Cantonese guys to do actual dialogue, but when it came to the zombie voices, they weren't character actors. So when I came in, I had to do three sets of all of the things. So I had to do five takes of every take. So it was like, that, 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 like, and Ugh. two hours of that, mind you, uh, hurts. Yeah. Uh, and I, I lost my voice the, the next day. And the Mad Max, too, is like a lot of like, yeah, Mad Max is a throat uh, terror, man. Oh my God. Yeah, we, we were both in that, and I was scab and war boys. The war boys would just rip your throats out. Yeah. Um, but it's, 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 it's it's not even just our 
voices. It's our blood pressure. It's 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 the, mm. the physical toll it actually takes. That's why we're exhausted. Yeah, after, like, exhausted. Like after only a, a couple, two, three, maybe hours of like that kind of intense stuff. It's like oh god. Not just that. It's everything else. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's the, there's a number of things that that are part of this negotiation that are, that are very important. I think that are just related to just work conditions and trying to make things generally safer and healthier all around. Uh, and I hope I hope that those get as much attention going forward as other aspects of it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. In the meantime, you guys can can focus on critical critical role and making sure that the uh, the story that you're weaving, Matthew, doesn't uh, uh, go off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, well, I don't know. When you, when you have a squadron of flying cows chasing after a rock, um, <laughs> you know, um, man, there's only so much you can control. Now, good times. I, I've, yeah. always, I've always wanted to have a rock that was called The Rock. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Perhaps we could get Dwayne Johnson. That's your next uh, uh, celebrity uh, uh, get for a D&D game. Amen. That At this point, awesome. sure. I mean, <laughs> the fact that we got like I, I, for years, for years, it's been the joke. Like, well, I have a bucket list is to play D&D with Vin Diesel. And after we, we played on Monday, I walked away with just like this stupid, you know, grin yeah. of a kid who just opened his favorite Christmas present. I'm like, well, okay, well, who's next? <laughs> <laughs> Cross that off the bucket list. Yeah, yeah right. come on, Steve Colbert. You're invited. That would oh, be yeah. God, we got to get a super group together. Greg yes. Tito. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> number one. It's hard to get. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm easy to get. If you ever guys ever want to play with me, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I think. Uh, Heck, I, yeah, awesome. Good yeah, to know. Never in Seattle. Yeah. We can find you in him. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're plotting a trip uh, up there anyway in the next few months or so just to just say hi to some folks and hang out. So uh, when we get up there, we'll... we'll Really? Make sure to project you guys. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. You guys got to come and visit the offices. We'll show you around, and uh, uh, it'll, it'll be great. Yeah, we can totally do that. Heck yeah. yeah. Woo. You heard yeah, it, folks. He said it publicly. Public <laughs> invitation. We'll it's out there. you to Mitzi. <laughs> You're all our witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to us. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, this is great. Of course. Yeah, Thank you for absolutely. having us. Thanks for having us, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, so you guys can check. Why don't you guys just, uh, uh, I, I, if you've got this far in the podcast, I'm sure you know where to watch you guys. But go ahead and give give your, your pitch for, for where people can tune in. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Critical Role, you can watch Thursdays on Geek and Sundry's Twitch stream. That's twitch.tv slash geekandsundry at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Runtime generally lasts about three to four hours, depending. Um, but yeah, weekly at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Check it out. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Marisha underscore Ray. Uh, follow me at Orana Kaba on the Twitters and the Twitches. And uh, for me on Twitter, it's at Matthew Mercer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, guys. I think I follow all of you, but I'm going to double follow you now after this podcast. <laughs> Ooh, do can it. you do that? <laughs> <laughs> do, you ever, Super follow do you ever do that where someone favorites your tweet and you want to, like, favorite their favorite? And I'm like, why, doesn't that, why isn't that a thing? Yeah, I know. I'm gonna be yeah, like, yeah, I like that you like that. I like that you like. I'm gonna start calling it the circle tweet. The circle tweet. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be. That's. Uh, it'll be recursive. Yeah. It'll just constantly happen. It's like the the worm is eating its tail. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or a Boris of Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Definitely. Thanks for having us. Thanks okay. so much. Thanks, Bye, guys. Greg. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 So that was awesome. They were so great. Those, they're fabulous. Yeah. I could talk to them. I, I feel like all of our podcast guests, I say this, but I literally could talk to them forever. And I could listen to them forever. I know. They have, they musical, have really good voices. musical voices. They really do. They, it's like butter. I wonder if they hear other people's voices and they're just critical. Like, oh. <laughs> 
They're, they make a critical role of it, and they're like, maybe, yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't ridiculous. know. I don't know. Well, that's been our D and D podcast for this week. Thank you guys uh, so much for listening. Uh, they were awesome guests. Uh, we'll have more guests coming up next week. I think we got some Sword Coast Legends stuff we want to talk to you about Ooh. as it comes up. It's coming out on October 20th. So exciting. Check that out. You can pre-order it now on Steam. Um, I'm Greg Tito, uh, communications manager for the D and the D. Uh, the D you, and the D. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, at Greg Tito. And uh, Shelly. I'm Shelly Mazzanovo, associate brand manager. And you can follow me on Twitter. Yeah, you're Shelly I don't Shelley do much Moo. on Twitter, but I'm Shelly Moo on Twitter, and I'd love for you to follow me. Yeah, just, ask her some fun things. Let's just talk. Let's talk, talk about how to, how to be a sorcerer. Yeah. 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 That'd be awesome. Um, but if you liked our podcast, uh, please, on iTunes, uh, give us a, a, a rating. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'd love to hear more feedback. We want all of your comments, guests that you possibly yeah, guest want to have on here, anything. Uh, we want to hear more. Uh, and, of course, on, on Twitter, you can also uh, uh, talk to us about that there as well. Yep. Anything else you wanted to mention? No. Just living anything, the dream. Anything about the pigeons that you wanted to close it out with? I'm not really sure they were impressed. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really. I think that's the understatement of a yeah. – Yeah. They were a little bit – They think were just kind of like – uh, As well, meeting I, a new person, they were kind of like, oh, she's, Or she's they a were pigeon. super intimidated. There's that. Do you think that might have been it? His Ernie kind of did blow your bird out of the water, though, I do want to say. I know. And I kind of wanted to ask them to do more voices, but then I felt like they were like, come on, we're not working. We just want to. Dance, monkey boy. (laughs) Can you do Miss Piggy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they could. I used to do a really good Miss Piggy. I'll work on that for the next podcast. Okay. Practice makes perfect. Okay. Make it happen. All right. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And thank Uh, you, Ryan. And thanks to Ryan, our intrepid engineer, who's who's uh, trying to make us sound more professional. He's trying very hard, <laughs> but it's not working. We're gonna be unprofessional for the rest of our lives. How it is? Make my job so hard. See? <laughs> All right, I'm not gonna laugh us out. I'm gonna cry us out. <laughs> Bye. So Goodbye, you guys. <laughs>